if you're doing and you're excellent in the implementation space, I want you to push yourself to dive into the management space. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Emily Reagan. I'm so honored to have you here listening. I am a fellow freelancer. I've been doing this since 2009, and I have a long, long moved out of the VA role in doing more strategic work with my clients and really seeing it as more of a partnership. And on today's podcast, I'm really excited because I have a special guest, Natalie Gingrich here, the founder of The Ops Authority. Now, Natalie certifies and mentors women who want to leverage their natural skill set of operations and administration and up-level into what we call a director of operations, a DOO. We all have operation skills. And when I hear this word, I tend to go like military acronym. Um, it sounds like such a military thing, being a military spouse. Like I hear the terms like OPSEC or mode of operations all the time. It's so funny to me. But if you're a mom, you do have operation skills. If you're a teacher, if you are juggling multiple things in your life as a human being, you are able to do this. And especially as moms, because we're running the house, we're managing our schedules, planning events. And we never give ourselves credit enough for being the COO of our houses. So many of my students start as unicorn digital marketing assistants doing a lot of ongoing digital marketing tasks for their clients. But then they grow very quickly into project management and becoming a strategic partner where they're able to implement plan, and utilize their management skills. This is a smart path for progression. A lot of us just have this natural tendency to want to do better. We're ambitious and we keep going and we're not complacent. We don't want to just do the same thing forever and ever. And it's natural for us to want to up-level. And I mean this in a good, good way. There is a time in the season where you want to stay a doer, a taskmaster, an implementer. And that's okay if you're in that season right now. Maybe that's all you can handle. But for those of you who are looking how to get higher paying quality clients, higher level management role is where you need to go. And that's where you start getting things off your plate and you dip your toes into management role and out of implementer, taskmaster, and doer. So today we'll go into detail about how you as a service provider can grow into this DOO role. Some of you are coming from high level corporate roles where this is like a really natural fit for you. If you've been in project management, you are going to be a shoe in for this. If this is something that is calling to your heart and lighting your fire, it might be something you want to do in the future, even if it's not right now, please go check out her free interactive info session where you'll learn the path to reaching your financial goals using your natural operational gifts. It's only happening this one day in time, so make sure you sign up. The link is in the show notes. And if you caught this podcast and June 7th is long past, you can always cycle back. Natalie is doing launches of her Ops Authority very regularly throughout the year. So you can catch another one. And I get it. We might not all be right for this right now, but this is something to move toward because you're a go-getter. So in this Facebook Live, she's going to talk about Ops Authority Insiders Facebook group, and you're welcome to join that. And I encourage you to really have an open mind when it comes to this. Stepping into a DOO, stepping into more of a project management, online business management role is going to be really good when you're starting to feel like all of the scope creep 
and you need to kind of dial it down in your own business, you're doing too much and you have the confidence to set those boundaries, this could be the next best step for you. And you know it if you're there, if you're experiencing that. Let's jump into the Facebook Live that we recorded recently with Natalie. And just a side note, if you ever want to catch these live, I have a free Facebook group where we go live and talk to other freelancers and service providers and learn more about this digital marketing world. You're welcome to join us with the link in the show notes. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show today. I'm really excited about our guest because we have Natalie Gingrich here, the founder of The Ops Authority. And I've been following you for a while. I've heard really good things about you. I've had several friends go through your program. And I'm so excited because a lot of my virtual assistants head in your direction. So I want them to learn and meet you and have you part of their network. So tell everyone hello and where you're from and what you're doing. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Emily. I'm so excited to be here. I love just, well, generally I love connecting with any human being, but it's so great to be in a place where I think we all kind of share the same gift of service and just, you know, have that part of us who just likes and enjoys getting it done, high achieving, all of that. So thank you so much for having me here today. Like Emily said, I am Natalie Gingrich and I am the founder of the Ops Authority inside of our business, we are certifying training and mentoring people who are on the path to become directors of operations or becoming certified directors of operations. So very much off of your exact same skill set, I would say everyone here, if you're following Emily, we probably should be really good friends because we have that same foundation that is very, very similar, but we work with people who are service-based providers, whether you're an employee, whether you are building your own business, and we help to really get deep into the specific operational disciplines that you're probably already doing, but sound kind of intimidating when you hear them like project management, human resources, data, financials, strategy, those things are like, ah. But um, we do it in a way, we deliver it in a way that you are going to be learning and compounding that knowledge over time. And then we get on our path of building our business or returning all of that insight into the business that we are running. So I'm excited to dive deep today. And Emily, take it away. Yeah. So, okay. So I want you to tell everyone what you used to do and what your experience is and how you transitioned into this online space, first of all. I love telling the story. So thank you for asking. Um, And I also think there's something just cathartic about us kind of just opening up and showing that I didn't just pop out of the womb and start doing what I'm doing today. It has been a huge evolution. I oftentimes joke that I'm on Natalie 6.0 because there really has been like six pivotal moments <laughs> in my journey that have gotten me here. So, and I know that every single person listening today is in the exact same boat. So don't ever feel like you're behind or you're, that's just, it's just a journey and a continuum. And we're so grateful to be able to pivot over time to find our next best self. And that's certainly what I have done. I went to school for exercise science and ended up getting a master's degree in cardiac nursing. And I think that's always important because people who only know me from the last seven years are like, what, what did you do that with? That doesn't even make any sense, but that is my background. I ended up leaving nursing due to some changes and some like geographical changes and nerdy things like Medicare and blah, 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 blah. But, um, we relocated from Colorado to Texas. And when we did to do the same type of role that I had just spent a lot of money on here in the great state of Texas, I was going to be earning like 
super, super low wage, less than half of what I was earning in Colorado. So it made me just kind of start soul searching. And I would say that this is the first time after like figuring out my degree plan and stuff in college, this was like the first time as a professional that I was really searching inside of myself for what it is that I wanted to do. Obviously a service-based person, you can tell that from the disciplines that I had gone into initially but I had that pivotal moment where I was like, what do I want to do? Like, I can't do what I, it's not easy or it's not financially responsible for me to do what I just spent a lot of money to, uh, to become, but I really was like, what do I want to do? And so we live in San Antonio, Texas, and we lived here back then as well. And there was some large employers here and I just started, you know, doing what we all do when we come out of college and we're looking for a job, we're just like, you know, looking through what was monster.com back in the day. <laughs> Um, started looking through jobs. And and when I was matching those, like, what is Natalie good at? Plus what is available on, you know, from a job perspective, I, I came across human resources and I would have never, ever, ever, ever looked at that, but it matched what my gifts were and what I was excited about doing. But I knew it was going to be an uphill battle to get inside of a corporation without having that pedigree and having, you know, all of the rigor and requirements that they were asking for in the job descriptions. Um, but it didn't stop me. I went to work and I made sure that, you know, I applied and I applied and I applied. I, I literally probably sent out 500 applications all over the city, outside of the city. I was looking at driving, you know, an hour to and from. Um, it was really, really hard to break into the market. And I'm going to come back to that here, but it was very, very difficult to break in. Ultimately, I ended up having just a great opportunity to walk inside a large company here in our hometown. And I knew as soon as I could get an interview, I would be able to articulate why it wasn't as important as they may have thought for me to check all of the degree boxes. I had degrees, but they were the wrong degrees, you know? for what they were looking for. So anyway, long story there, I ended up coming in as running their wellness departments and inside of the human resources department. So it was kind of a nice blend of my, you know, undergrad and my graduate, as well as where I thought I was going to be going, came in there and I worked in like six different disciplines inside of HR, just one discipline of operations, which is human resources. There's about 13 different career paths inside of HR. And I work in seven of them. I was very, very fortunate to be able to have the experience, the trust in me to be able to jump between those. Really, I think that ambition and the drive to do well was recognized very early. So I was able to get into management and leadership inside of the HR organization, stayed there for 10 years, ended up being plucked out and asked to lead a project management group. And I remember thinking, oh, the imposter was so, so big. Like these are natural skills. These are things that you and I, your entire community have. Like we just don't call ourselves project managers or you know, even project management feels very, very heavy, but it's what we all do. It's like the innate gift that we all have. I, I feel very strongly that the women that are attracted to me and that we can sit around kind of fireside chat with, we're all project managers, but we're intimidated to call ourselves that. So at that moment, they plucked me out to go lead this group. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, there's no way I kept telling. I mean, even though I was already in leadership, I kept telling myself, there's no way I'm not qualified. I'm going to have to study nights and weekends. Like I'm going to have to really like be outside of myself to really be successful here. And anyway, all of that was nonsense, but you couldn't have told me that in the moment. 
So um, I ended up staying there for three and a half years. From there, I was chosen to come be the chief of staff, which is very similar to a director of operations, but the chief of staff inside of this 36,000 person organization. So very large fortune 150 company and was the right-hand person to the leader of the company. And it's really that experience that allowed me to navigate that transition from corporate into the online space, which feels very big to people. And so if you're sitting here and you're like, man, I'm in corporate, or I've just started my business and I don't really know how I'm going to bridge those two things. I'm here to tell you and give you confidence that the path it's not impossible. Does it feel heavy and hard sometimes? Sure it does. But if you think about the skills that you were performing in even a previous role, whether it was corporate, whether it was small business, whether it was your own business, it doesn't really matter. If you focus in on the gifts that came natural to you, like think about where it was, where you felt like you were shining, where, where you knew you were a boss, you know, you, you get a little strut to yourself when you're like, yes, I am in my zone. I'm doing exactly what I need to be doing. When I thought about those things, I was like, yes, I need to take many pieces of what I was doing as the chief of staff and package that up for small business leaders, because that's what I'm amazing. I never felt better in my career than I did as the chief of staff. And it was because it was multifaceted. I wasn't doing just one role. I was very valued. I was needed. I was kind of bridging both strategy as well as leading people. Like it was exactly what I meant to do, but if I would have stopped at nursing, I don't know if I would have been able to be as fulfilled. So I think it's just, it's awesome to see anyone evolve, but we all are supposed to do that. We, we really aren't supposed to be stagnant beings. And I hope that me sharing my journey, you identify with some pieces of it. If not, just feel like you can do the exact same thing. I didn't recreate myself. I didn't go back to school. I didn't, you know, did I have to touch up on some skills and training? Yes, that's life. And we love doing that. You know, that's a lot about my backstory, but what led me to, to starting my own business. I love that. Cause I think back to the jobs where I was shining and I was like a one man band. I was multifaceted. Mm-hmm. I had support and resources from people when I needed it. That's when I shone, when I got to do a little bit of this and that, and that's kind of what I do at this unicorn digital marketing role. And it's like, perfect. Interesting how that worked out. Yeah. I truly don't think we can get to the next level without picking up the pieces. Of course, when we're picking up those pieces and making the next best version of ourselves, I spend a lot of time, Emily, thinking about what is the next best version for me? Or when I'm mentoring other people, getting really clear and what's the next best version of you, not 10 steps ahead, but the next step, what can we do to help you get there? And I do the same coaching, self-coaching to myself. And that's really what got me to this point. Yeah. And I think that's good advice for all of us just to have that awareness and be asking that question always, mm-hmm. which kind of leads me into the scope creep factor because I have found myself working projects and thinking like, yep. why am I unhappy? And just creating that awareness around my own work because there is such a breadth of work I can do mm-hmm. that really like getting focused in what lights me up, what's like crossing the boundaries. So let's talk a little <laughs> bit about scope creep. Mm-hmm. and what that is for you. Yes. Thank you. So scope creep, like let's back up from scope creep. I really think us spending the time and just like I was just saying about your next best self, that's one piece of it. It's extremely important and it's probably the foundation, but when you're doing that work, it's like, what is your mission? What is your vision Define, you know, just something simple, like full-time that word in the United States 
a lot of us who are around my age think, and, and maybe everybody thinks that full-time equals, how many hours does that, does that equal Emily? Or me, 40. Yeah, exactly. But so we define that culturally, we have come back and we have said, you know what? 40 hours equals full-time when in fact, when I'm asking you, what is your purpose? What is your mission? What are your boundaries right now? There have been seasons in my life where I may have worked 40, 50, 60, but I really should have been working 25 to 30. And so getting really clear in what it is, where you need to be right now, we call this exercise, your mission, your vision, and your values. And so once we get those kind of solidified, then we can move into projects and we protect ourselves so much with that knowledge, because when we're looking at projects and if you've ever found yourself and I'm sure you have friends, but when you find yourself in a position of how did I get here? Why am I working for this crazy man or woman who drives me bananas? Why am I, you know, all the things, right. And we've all been there, but when you dissect that and you look and you're like, Oh wait, Oh, I should have never taken that client because she's so, he or she is so different from me. Or I saw this red flag and I didn't do anything about it. Anytime you see a red flag that bothers you, it's a boundary that you did not articulate or that you let open up. And they, in turn, they don't mean to take advantage of you most of the time, right? It's just the fact that you did not communicate it. So we spend a lot of time in understanding what your mission, vision, values, boundaries are so that we can be empowered as service providers. We're pleasers, guys. We're pleasers. We want to serve. We want to give. We love to check all the boxes and we will forgo ourselves. And so I know that having this exercise completed we are more empowered to be able to have the conversations, to be able to, it's really about communication of those principles. And then it also gives you kind of a framework or a checklist as you're having those dating, professional dating conversations of projects or, or roles or jobs that you can be, you know, that you're going to be navigating and, and coming into for you to say, am I going to be safe here? Because if you are safe and you are valued and you have that skill alignment, you will feel that feeling of I'm in the right place at the right time. There is nothing more empowering than that feeling right there, but we will please others. And we will say yes to things we don't want to say yes to. And I'm not saying that you're never going to take on something that feels a little bit outside of your scope, but that happens. So to prevent yourself from scope creep, we want to do all of those things. Now I have been a professional for 30 years. I am so ingrained in mission, vision, and values. Yet I still will find myself in situations that I am like, Natalie, Nicole, how did you get yourself right here? (laughs) You do this, you teach this it's human nature. And we are designed a little differently because we do love to give. We love to satisfy. We love to go above and beyond. We will forego our boundaries to serve other people. And so that's going to happen. And scope creep by definition is anytime something changes or is added after an agreement has been made. So that's why we work so much with mission, vision, values, and boundaries, because we want to be clear of the expectations when the agreement, the handshake, the contract, whatever that looks like for you, we want to be clear when we say yes to that. And a lot of times, and I've been around the online space long enough to know that there's a lot of handshake agreements. There's not a lot of clarity when we go into something, right? We don't do some of the things that feel stiff or too much, like sitting down and doing a real requirement session, super common in corporate guys. When I came here, everyone's like, 
oh no, you'll be a project manager for me. Okay, great. Send me the contract or send me the invoice and let's get started. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, and I did that guys. I did that. I said yes to those things. And I found myself saying, why is this difficult? Oh, I'm not using the principles of project management, which are understanding what it is that I'm going to be walking into. Understanding that things are going to change. I have dealt with a lot of launches and in launches and any dynamic experience, whether it's an event, whether it's launch of any kind, there's going to be changes. There is going to be changes. So how do we set ourselves up to avoid scope creep? We have to do really, really good requirements, asking questions, getting surveys, sitting in front of the CEO or the, or the leader of the project to download that information. And we skip that piece. We skip it because we just want to just hop in and be the fairy, to be the unicorn. And we have to protect ourselves. You're not just protecting yourself. You're also protecting the business and you're helping the leader to set themselves up for way better um, expectations, meeting appropriate goals and setting appropriate goals. In the online space, we have a lot of visionaries who are not wired to do any of the things that I just described. And so I will tell you, there's a great yin and yang, a great right and left hand that go into businesses and you have the skills to be that right hand. You also, because you have that skill, you want to make sure that you are preventing scope creep and when it comes up, knowing what to do. So in our upcoming scope creep solution, we will talk about ways to identify it, ways to protect yourself. And then reality sets in of this is going to happen. How do you have the hard conversation? What does that look like? You know, how do you protect yourself? All those, all those great things that go into building a business and really being in a career that you love, it all comes down to communication, all of it. It does always. This is such a muddied water for us because we get hired as the doer and the implementer and knowing like when it's okay, when it's not. And it's so hard because these crazy visionaries hire us and they're on to all the different shiny objects. And they, they do expect us to take the reins and pull the requirements out of them sometimes because they haven't thought it through. They just know they need someone to handle it. So this is like a fundamental skill we all need, but it, it is hard because I also grew my business by saying yes. And like taking on scope creep, you know, like putting myself in these like new challenges and learning something new. And it's gotten me where I am today, but it also, I mean, there was a lot of like pain and suffering, if I'm going to be honest, when that happens. So I took your scope creep challenge last year. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my friends, Ange Quinn is a student of yours. And she was just singing your praises. So I was like, I'm going to go check out this Natalie. And <laughs> just the exercise you did with values was not something I had really thought and put pen to paper about. Mm -hmm. And I thought like that alone was worth it. So thank you. Like it made it awesome. very clear why I was struggling with some things and some clients and others. It was like a golden fit. So awesome. Awesome. Thank you for participating. I remember you being there and me being yeah. excited that you were there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like doing my stocking. I'm like, I got to make sure she's the real deal. Cause I mean, this is what happens. We have a lot of women who get their kickstart with digital marketing skills. Mm -hmm. They start doing, they start experimenting with what they know and love. And I have this whole sector of women who become the project managers and online business managers and DOOs, and they need a path to go because this is new territory in the online mm -hmm. space and they're working with small teams. And yep. so I love having somebody like you to say, Hey, I'm not your gal for that. Like mm -hmm. I am all about like the marketing strategy, but like when you need to move on, because very quickly you just start really like, almost like running the business at yep. some point. Yep. Absolutely. I can tell you that the transition 
a lot of us, I mean, when I was really saying, okay, I'm going to commit to going into the online and digital space coming from corporate, I was learning, you know, I was learning from people like us, right. People who had gone before me, who had taken their skills and set up and virtual assisting was one of the very first things. It's the most common of all of the different, you know, opportunities we have as being a service provider. I think virtual assistant is the most known, right? We've got online business managers. We've got, I mean, there's a plethora today, including director of operations, but I think a lot of us start at that foundation of virtual assisting and being that doer. And so I believe it's an incredible, important foundation that we have, but as your students want to specialize and go down a particular path, there are so many great programs and leaders out there, not just mine, by the way, there's a lot of great programs out there where we can continue to grow and our kind of people, me and you also, we love growing. We love learning. We love finding people that connect with us and if operations is a discipline, operations feels very stiff when I say it, but when we start talking about operations, you will identify with it so much easier than just the term operations. But you know, if that's the path that you want to go on, because you really enjoy being the right-hand person, you enjoy leading people, you enjoy being a project manager. I would highly encourage you to come hang out in our community, to get to know what happens here. It's not necessarily just to join any of our programs. It's genuinely to help you see your value because what happens and, and what I want virtual assistants to always know is that there is another side. There's always another progressional step that they can step into, whether that is working with a higher level client, whether that means charging more new clients, new services, refined services. I mean, there's so many different ways that we can build this business, but another piece of that is finding what truly lights you up and perhaps going from doing all the things to either specializing in either marketing or operations. And, you know, there's paths for both of those types of people around here. And so I obviously stick in the operational discipline. I have a firm belief that I need to separate those two things for me to be my next best self. So even in building my team, Emily, we have built a marketing organization and an operations organization because crossing them caused us to to slow down. And so we teach that exact same thing. Oh my gosh. I love hearing about it. So can you tell everyone exactly what the DO is? And I love your answer on this too, how it's different than an online business manager. A director of operations is a strategic partner inside of an organization. It can actually be any size of organization. What I was doing at a fortune 150 company, we called the chief of staff is exactly the same as a director of operations. So I want to just start by saying the most important thing is it's a strategic partner. You're sitting at the proverbial board table with the CEO and you. Okay. So it's important that you are in a very healthy relationship. It's important that you are heard and you are, you're qualified to really provide that direction back to the leader. So strategic partner is the number one thing. Obviously your excellence is going to be in the operational discipline. DOOs build their businesses and their careers very, very differently. And here at the Ops Authority, I'm not telling you one way to do it because it has to come back to your mission, vision, and values. This is not a, we always say this isn't a business in a box. You may be frustrated when you come through our program because we are going to make you build a business that fits you. I am not going to tell you this is the blueprint for all businesses, but directors of operations are strategic partners assisting a CEO in carrying out 
the mission of their business. So in that capacity, we are sitting at the strategic level. We also have the management level that is innate in us. We've already mastered that, but we've got four, I call these the four different levels, functional levels of any organization. And if you're visual like me, you can imagine that you're going to have this triangle or pyramid for the marketing side of your business, as well as the operational side, very difficult to put those in one umbrella. I'm going to dispel a a couple of thoughts that may be popping up in your head, but let me get through this really quick. But four functional levels are going to be needed in your business. So the most foundational is that implementation level. This is where we are executing tasks. I'm speaking mostly on the operational side at this point, but we are in the administrative focus. That's what we're doing. We are doers. This is where our virtual assistants, our operational assistants sit on the other side, our marketing assistants. This is entry level and the most powerful role we have inside of our organizations. You cannot build a business without this. And I could go on and on. I'm really fired up about that piece. I love it. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, you can't. It's it's the foundation. You will always be employable. If you're learning from Emily, you will always be employable. And this is exactly why it is the foundation of the pyramid. The next level above that is management. And obviously, as it states, we are managing people. We're also managing projects. We are doing process improvements as well to help really fulfill the plan that the layer above us in that strategic level, we're creating the strategic plan that comes from the visionary. Now, in almost every single one of our organizations, that visionary is going to be the CEO. In some very large organizations, certainly in corporate level organizations, that visionary in the operational sector is going to be the chief operating officer or the COO. Now, we could have a long conversation about that. In most of our businesses, we don't need a technical COO. We technically don't need a COO at all. But Let me give you the titles that kind of correspond to this. So visionary would be a COO in that strategy level. You're looking at a director of operations in the management level. We are looking at an online business manager. We're also looking at an operations manager. And then for that implementation level, I am looking at a virtual assistant or an operations assistant, an admin assistant, an executive assistant. So these are the four different layers. Now, I want to also tell you that when you're looking at this, you may be asking yourself, I hope you're asking yourself, where do I fit here? I've worked with lots of people. It's hard for any of us to say, I just fit in implementation. And if you are doing that, I want you to check your mindset. I want you to check what's holding you back. Because if you're doing and you're excellent in the implementation space, I want you to push yourself to dive into the management space. If you're holding back because of whatever reason, but if you're holding back because you're telling yourself you can't, you don't have enough experience, you don't have enough degrees, you don't have enough time working with a specific client, all the things we tell ourselves, I'm going to tell you, you've got permission and you need to, you're driven. You want to continuously get better. Start thinking, asking, framing, learning from people that can help you become stronger managers, whether that's managing people, managing projects, or managing processes. But I want you to have a combination of two layers. Wherever you sit on this pyramid, I want you to have the expertise, a maximum of two. Okay, let's just take a moment here. It's impossible to get referrals without putting yourself out there all the time. It's really difficult to have a community when you're doing the work by yourself. 
It's also hard to stay up to date when you're just one person and digital marketing trends, platforms, technology, and strategies change all of the time. And it's no fun having to do lead generation for your business when you'd rather be doing billable hours. So I have a solution for you. Come join my digital marketing work group. It's a tight community of freelancers, virtual assistants, digital marketing specialists, who are all up-leveling in their skills, getting advanced trainings, applying for my job ops, and becoming digital marketing specialists and managers and strategists. This is an online referral community for both skilled and -and up-and-coming digital marketing service pros and virtual assistants. We've shared over 800 jobs with our community. We'd love to have you too. If you need client work, if you need a squad behind you, if you need help raising your prices, promoting yourself to the next level, this is the place to be. You can apply for the work group with the link in the show notes. We'd love to have you. Back to the show. Side note, something I could rant on, and I'm going to, for the sake of all of us and the time that we have today, I want to make sure that when you're walking into organizations and joining companies, you protect yourself. If you see a job description that is asking you for tasks in all four of these areas, you should run. I love it. I love it. So when people come to me and say, oh yeah, I want somebody to be the COO. And I also want them managing my calendar. I'm like, yeah, you're sitting in fairyland. That, (laughs) that is not something that you are going, the expectations are just too broad. And the person like us who are coming into those businesses don't know where to allocate our time. So if you can focus on two different levels of that, I think you're going to find a lot more enjoyment and you're going to know when you are in the right place or in a safe place where you can continue to grow. But because we have a pyramid here, you will be able to continuously grow and grow and grow. The strategic level is where we are looking for our directors of operations to come in. The skill set outside of the technical skills in operations, what we are looking for for placement there, leadership, excellent communication, and a healthy mindset. Those three things are going to make us excellent above and beyond perform out of this world for somebody. If we find that there are pieces of that that are missing, we want them to get additional coaching or to find some support to fill in those three gaps. So leadership mindset, as well as communication, communication being the most important thing. I find that as we progress up the pyramid, our communication and our leadership both grow. Mindset is always shaky. I'm not even going to lie. The more you grow in that pyramid, arguably your mindset may become even more shaky. So that's just one of those things that we always are going to need support in. That's how the director of operations certification is really built. That's who we are serving. People who are at that strategic and management level who are looking to progress and be that strategic partner. The main differences for us in between a director of operations and an online business manager an OBM, honestly, the definition of OBM is very, I think it's just been lost over time. It's just so hard. We have, you know, a lot of our students come from the OBM field, whether they're certified or that's the title that they are using. And so I will say that there is not one type of person that fits the OBM mold. So it's hard for me to speak with specificity on the difference between a DOO and an OBM. But having the intel that we have and the community that we have, as much as we have learned, as much as we have learned in our hiring part of our organization in what OBMs come with, the OBMs that we have worked with are a lot of times they're focused in the marketing discipline. And so 
when we're looking at a DOO, we want to be primarily focused on operations. Now, having marketing knowledge, digital marketing knowledge, as well as a DOO is extremely powerful. But one of the biggest differences is our OBMs that we see that come through our program have spent a lot of time in really knowing marketing strategy. That is not necessarily required in directors of operations. Other pieces here are the implementation. So implementation is happening in the doing part of it, right? Right. So as a DOO, we're in the strategic seat of the business. So we may be doing something. So I'm not saying you're never going to do anything. You're only going to be a strategist because that doesn't really, that's a very, very rare thing. But as a director of operations, if a business has a director of operations, they have a team there with them, right? So that director of operations has to be leading people. Whereas some OBMs are in a place where they are both the leader and the doer. So there's another difference. There's probably lots of nuances between this, but the reality is these are both relatively new fields or titles. I think we've been doing this work forever, obviously, as the internet has been born and digital marketing takes over, the opportunity becomes so much bigger for anybody in that pyramid, no matter what you call yourself, no matter who you learn from. Our opportunity is out of this world. It really is unparalleled to almost any industry out there right now. So anyway, I'm getting off track, but OBM, DOO, both very, very needed. In fact, in some businesses, we will have both a director of operations as well as an OBM. It really is dependent on the business, the business needs, and we're pretty good at spotting those. Do you typically see like a revenue number that these businesses are hitting where they're ready for a DOO? Because you know me, I get lots of job opportunities coming my way. People are quick to get there and I know they're not ready. So what do you see? Yeah, I have a pretty firm. It's very hard because I really don't care about a revenue number. I'm always looking at their profit margins and are they going to be able to provide a safe, when I say safe, like financially safe, you know, I think a lot of, I know early in my journey here, I would hop into businesses because they were cool. They were exciting. They were, I thought that they looked good. And then you get inside and they're financially broken. And I'm like, Oh wait, like here I am. I hope that they can pay me next, you know, pay period. So oh my um, God, this is like a whole nother topic that I yeah. need to come back to. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Maybe I need to have you on my podcast for us to kind of hash this out and, and share our, right. our thoughts on that. Yes. Um, So I want them to be safe and healthy by, when I say that, I really want to know what their profit margins look like, because you can make a million dollars all year long. If you spend $900,000 on cost of goods sold and your labor, it's not a good place. It's not a safe place. You don't necessarily know where your paycheck's going to be coming from. So if we're looking strictly at revenue, I would say $300,000 is the annual revenue. That's the least, but I still want to know what their profit margins look like. If they are at 300,000 plus, and their profit margins are less than 30%, I'm a little concerned. You know, I want to make sure that we are healthy enough to actually bring this person on. Once I start to see people in, now the industry also matters. You know, we've dealt with a lot of e-com. I mean, there's just so many opportunities out there. So I can't even really give a blanket, but I'm thinking the 30% is mostly coming from coaches, course creators, those folks who are looking to bring in directors of operations, about 30%. But Really true teams are not going to be really, really built out inside of a business. The director of operations who comes inside of a company that has a revenue of 300 to $500,000, you can't expect a DOO to just sit in the strategic and management seat. 
So that's where I will tell people, and I get people all the time who were, you know, have built businesses as a solopreneur, built them. They're great. They're stable. They come to me. I'm ready for a DOO. I'm like, where's your virtual assistant? Where's your ops assistant? I won't put in a DOO without them. The title is wrong. Like you're not going to need a director of operations. You need someone who is able to take direction and get these things done. So you can truly scale your business. If you come in top down, it doesn't work. It's broken. People are frustrated. Turnover is high. Things don't get done the way you want. The title of the role is just incorrect. So anyway, $300,000 company with a DOO, you're really stretching yourself to be in all three of those strategic management and implementation. And I don't want people to be there. I only want them to be in two different bands. So Definitely. We want to walk into, it's safer to walk into businesses that have, you know, 500 plus thousand dollars in, in revenue. But I don't think that there's like a hard line anywhere. It's more about the team. What I'm looking at is the team structure, what's already in place, as well as what their profit margin looks like. And another thing, a little bit outside of the scope of our conversation is what kind of marketing do they use? Because if they're a marketing heavy company, I may want to shift this talent onto the marketing side versus building out the operational side. And and that's really dependent on them. I mean, if there's somebody who launches, you know, 15 times a year and creates products and wants to do a Black Friday sale on, you know, November 15th, that idea comes to them. And that's a different animal. We need to make sure that we're building the organization in a healthy way. I know so many of our VAs are up in that management zone. And like you said, they're straddling both worlds. We always struggle like what to call ourselves. And we have those fears. My husband's getting a project management certification right now because he's transitioning from military to civilian and he feels like he needs that. And it's so interesting to watch it from the outside because I'm like, dude, you've been an officer, you've been a leader, you've been a commander, you've been managing all these like infrastructure things. And to see him like have this this imposter syndrome when it comes to calling himself a project manager is just fascinating. Mm -hmm. And I see it in this world and you've called it out, which is why I'm bringing it up. But so many of these VAs are doing that. And I love that you encourage them to move on up and take the title. Like the go-getters are going to move up. And then Mm -hmm. with that comes higher pay, better quality clients. Good stuff is going to come when you move up that ladder. Yep. Yep. You just start to see more for yourself too. You know, when we come into virtual assisting, our scope is usually pretty big because we're trying to get our feel. Like, where do we want to be? Most of the time we're restarting. We're, you know, we're coming into this eyes wide open and we do exactly like you were talking about when we were talking about scope creep, we take on all the things or a lot of things to just kind of get experience and see what it is that we want. I did the same thing. I didn't come in here doing all of this. I was a service provider for four years doing all all different types of things. And when it really came down to it, what led me here was like, oh, I'm great at doing project management. Like I should have known that just like your husband. It's like, it's what I'm doing in corporate. But for whatever reason, when I started, it was like, oh, that sounds a little stiff or I need a designation or whatever that looks like. So I'm all for refining what it is that we do, who it is that we talk to so that we can keep progressing and staying happy and fulfilled as we, as we move through this. Yeah. I wanted to go back to something you mentioned, circling back to breaking into the market. I will say for me in getting into this space. So remember I had no, just like you guys, I'm sure that you have a a moment in mind where you were like, Oh, there's this thing called the internet. Oh, wait, I can actually work from home and be 
helpful to other people and earn a wage that's comparable. Like what is happening here? You know, cause your mama always told you, you got to do this. You got to do that. You got to get a job sister. That's what she told me. Right. And we checked all of those boxes and my mind was blown probably just like yours was whenever you saw all of this opportunity for yourself. So when I was at this place, the way that I broke in relationship marketing, it comes down to, for me, it was relationship marketing. I made six figures as a project manager before I ever had a Facebook page, business page, before I ever had a website. I did it strictly from having deep, rich, honest, giving conversations, meeting people on Facebook. That's truly what I did. I had a goal of talking to people, talking to five people every single week. Some weeks I hit it, some weeks I didn't, but I learned so much about what was needed out there. That's how, when we talk about breaking into the market, I could have been very vanilla, could have been doing all the things, but through those conversations and organically serving them, they, you know, we would talk about our friends, our kids, our weekends, all those things. And then we'd naturally get around to business and they were talking to me about the struggles that they were having. And naturally for me, I'm like, oh, have you considered this? What about this? What about that? We all can do that. We can all do that in the areas that you are comfortable with. For me, very much business foundations, very much around operations, friends, peers were coming back and saying, wow, that one shift is really changing. And I'm starting to see this. And we all have the power to do that. But truly breaking into the market was having a lot of conversations. The other thing that allowed me to get a higher level client. So I get this question a lot, like breaking in is one thing. Cause when we break in, I think that's like just getting a job, getting paid for doing this thing that felt very unicorn like until you did it. And yeah. then the, the next thing is how do I start finding the next level client? Cause if I find the next level client, I'm going to be able to hopefully for me, it was just doing project management. I wasn't doing and implementing at the same time. I went from implementation and project management to directly project management from project management to an adding strategy. So I needed to find a client that needed that. It wasn't going to be the friends and the peers that I had been meeting and, and having coffee chats with. So for me, I had a bold five seconds of courage moment where I sent a Facebook message to somebody that was having an event. She had been promoting the event and the event looked kind of messy on the outside. Like, you know, my, my Eagle, eye was like, mm, I bet there is a mess on that side, but, and you can see them. I just sent her a Facebook message and said, Hey, this is Natalie. Here's kind of my background. I didn't have a pitch. I didn't have a proposal. I didn't have a portfolio. I just told her, Hey, here's my background. Here's what I'd love to help you. Is that something that you have ever considered before? Because what we forget is so many people are building their businesses thinking that they are the only ones that can do this or that particular thing. She's qualified to lead an event. This gal that I had talked to ended up coming into her business. She said, yes, I'll never forget it. I, exactly where I was, exactly the, the conversation and the hooray that happened with my husband. I'm like, oh my goodness, probably didn't charge what I needed to charge, but I did it. I just took the job. I gave a swag number, gave it to her. She said, yes, I worked with them for three months to create this event. And when I was at that event, it really was like wildfire. I was like, oh my goodness, all these people around here need help, the kind of help that I have. And so again, from that, we started networking. And I believe that it's important for all of us to find the place where 
your person lives. And you know what, who your person is today may not be the person that you're going to desire two months from now, 10 years from now, like don't put that pressure on yourself. Who is it right now that you ideally want to be serving and figure out how to start hanging out with them. It's not hard today. It was really hard a long time ago. And (laughs) arguably since COVID, it's even easier than it ever was. We're not traveling. We're not going to exclusive events. We're not, you know what I mean? Everything is more wide open. A lot of masterminds, a lot of things that you can, you know, come in and share your knowledge. That was another very helpful piece for me. Once, you know, you get inside of these communities, every mastermind has a mastermind. (laughs) Every group of women has another group of friends that they're going to be excited to share you with. So love that. Cause I tell my people the same thing. It ultimately comes down to the network that you're building. You can't just hide behind your computer and you know, people are more open to it right now. They're booking more coffee chats and yeah, you have to get yourself discovered there. No one's going to come pluck you out of nowhere. <laughs> you know, as, as much as the digital marketing parts of being a leader of this business that I love creating a lead magnet to get a one-to-one client is just not worth your time, you know, creating an opt-in. It's just too hard to build the audience to have one conversation. It's so much easier to pick up the proverbial phone and say, Hey, Emily, I was going to see if we could hop on a call or going through somebody else who already has a strong connection to Emily so much easier than putting out something on, you know, a lead magnet and hoping that person comes in. Is that a strategy that you can build upon over time? Heck yes, but it can't be the only, we have students who do that. Yeah. You have to layer that over. That's not going to do it, especially this day and age where we're tired of the freebies. I mean, that's like another marketing conversation we can have too, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Tell everyone about your program ops authority and like who's right for this and when it's opening again. Awesome. So we are going to have our scope creep solution. It's a five-day sprint. That sprint is going to be helping you in many of the things that we talked about today, identifying scope creep, mitigating it, how to address it when it pops up. So that's going to be happening here next week. And then we're going to move into opening up the doors for our director of operations certification program. And the reason we do the scope creep solution is of course, to help you understand whether you join us or not, you should be there as a service provider. Honestly, every single person should be there, whether you're looking at the DOO or not. It's really a big give event. It's not, yes, it's marketing, but it's not just to swing you in here. I would much rather serve you and help you with scope creep because you're going to be a happier human. And ultimately that's my greatest calling. And I want you to know that, but at the end of that, full honesty and transparency. We'll be opening up the doors to our director of operations certification training program is a six month engagement. It's an experience. We have a coaching department that is going to help me partner with me in delivering all of these different areas of content. And so we have nine different modules. We go through the five operational disciplines that we talked about earlier, strategy, project management, human resources, which is a biggie, has many different tentacles there, and as well as data and financials. And we do that so that we can help you to have a good understanding in all of these areas. Most of our students come in very strong in one or two of these five. So we're rounding them out and giving them knowledge. Towards the end of our certification, we help you to build a business 
business or give back to the career that you have already built. If you're already an employee inside of someone's business, they still come into our program and we're helping them to up-level to get into the next. Um, a lot of them are coming here as operations managers or virtual assistants to move into the DOO role inside of a business or inside of you building your business. And so the last part of our certification program is helping you to integrate all of the knowledge that you have learned. We do a lot of mindset, a lot of leadership, and a lot of communication at the end so that we can help you. I mean, it's, it's truly intended to get you at the end of that six months to have and be already steady. You're not starting, you're building as we're going through the program. We have some specific milestones inside of our program that we are tracking to make sure that you're getting your investment back. And I have to say, I saw your dashboards, girl, your data dashboards, and I was like, oh my gosh, they were so beautiful. I had total FOMO wanted to dive into that. <laughs> alone. Like I'm a total nerd, but I loved it. I was so impressed. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's our job is to really show you what is possible because in every one of those five disciplines, you can have a particular career. There are some people that are going to come out of the certification and just want to do HR. We've got plenty of women who have built HR hiring recruiting agencies. We've got people who just want to do project management. We've got people who just want to stick into the financial discipline, but I would say the 70 percent, a large part of them want to do operations from a true director of operations level where you are managing the whole operational arm of a business. And that means that you have to have the acumen. It doesn't mean that you're the bookkeeper. It doesn't mean that you're doing all of these things yourself, but you have the wisdom because you're a strategic partner. You've got to understand things like finances that we always try to squish away and move away from. We've got to understand the data if we want to help the business owner truly be a strategic partner. So we go all over the, the operational discipline. And then at the end, it's important to know that we are really moving you to a place where you are going to be able to jump very, very quickly into the next level, whatever that looks like for you to be able to build a business that's synonymous with your mission, vision, and values, which is obviously something that we go very deep into inside of the program. Oh my gosh, I love it so much. And then I witnessed this need in my online business peer group, this need for DOOs, people who are savvy and well-rounded at this yeah. high level. So I am just pleased that like, I know where to send people to hire DOOs. Mm, yes. help, you help do that too. So for the purposes of this podcast, can you tell everyone about your uh, masterclass that's coming up? Yes. So different points in the year, we will either do our scope creep solution or we will have our masterclass. And our masterclass is really looking at building in an operational based business as a service provider. So we're going to look at that pyramid that we shared today. We're going to help you identify where you are, where you should be and where you're going to grow to what, where do you desire to be? And we're going to create a career plan for you, a business plan on how to get to that next best level for yourself. So it's really diving deep. You already identify yourself as an operator. There's so many titles that go into that. We just kind of group everybody into an operator you already identify yourself as an operator. We're helping you to see the next best version of yourself and creating a plan to be able to get there. So if that is something that resonates with you, you're in a growth pattern, you're ready to take the next step. I invite you to join us. We can help you get the clarity. And I think clarity is really the most powerful thing we need when we're ready, but we just don't trust ourselves to go one layer deep or one level higher. I should say, if you're thinking about a pyramid. Oh, thank you so much. And I, like Natalie said, that scope creep solution you did last year, it helped me so much. And I just think every single person 
who wants to be a VA, already working as a VA, who's already specialized as a service provider, like go join Natalie. I put the link in the show notes to catch the masterclass, uh, which is coming up in a couple months. And yeah, keep Natalie in your sphere. Maybe you're not ready for this now, but I guarantee you after seeing that pyramid, you are going to grow up there and you're going to be ready for it after you get the experience you need. So any last words? Yeah. I would just encourage you guys come on over to scopecreepsolution.com. Our Facebook group is theopsinsiders.com. Come on and hang out in there. If you're already a service provider, just be in strong community with other people who are beside you, below you, and in front of you. It's a really, really healthy environment. And I think we are all looking at growing. And I want you to not only have Emily's group, but also have another group that's just a little bit different. Who knows um, about the relationships that you can build a lot of job opportunities are available in there as well. And definitely attend the scope creep solution. I think it's a great opportunity for you to see how we teach, how we show up, how we support you. If that aligns with you, then, you know, there could be an opportunity for us later on, but at a bare minimum, make sure that you join us with scope creep solution. I, I know you'll walk away with a lot. Oh, so good. And we were just talking about the importance of networking. So like, here's your silver platter with yes. to do next and build your <laughs> network laterally as well as vertically. So thank you, Natalie. It was such a pleasure and we'll be in touch. Bye. Awesome. Thanks, Emily. Hey, thanks for joining us today. I hope you got a glimpse of what your next step could look like for many of you, especially if you're that left brain analytical and you are organized type A, this could be a great career path for you. And it doesn't have to just be this course creator, blogger, influencer realm. It can get into the legit online business realm. As Natalie explained, being the implementer is one of the most important roles you can do right now if you're first starting out. Without being able to do these tasks for your clients, you really can't help them grow or progress yourself. And you can grow into a niche role of being a DOO. So doing what you love is what's most important. You need to build a business around what you love. And for some people, they realize, I don't love actually doing the creative work. I don't love doing the marketing. I don't love doing graphic design, video editing, copywriting websites. I don't love that stuff. If you love SOPs, project management, keeping your business owners on task and in line and focused, this could be a great, great place for you if you have the operational and the strategic brain. So I encourage you to check out Natalie's Discover the DOO info session on June 7th. The link is in the show notes. If you do decide to invest in her course, I know plenty of people who have taken it. I'd be happy to hook you up so you can talk to them. And this is a referral link, so I really appreciate it. It helps keep my business going, my podcast going, and I appreciate your clicks. So thank you. All right, I'll see you on the next episode. I'd love to hear from you over in social, how you like the podcast. Please tag Natalie and myself. Let us know. Please share with your friends. I can't thank you enough, and I'll see you next week. If you want to start earning income as a digital marketing service provider or digital marketing assistant, you only need your laptop. You can tap into what online business owners really need help with by downloading my top 10 most requested tasks. These are the services I did for years for my clients behind the scenes. You can take this download and apply it to your own business and start by offering these very same services. If you want to niche down in digital marketing, this is your guide. Just use the link in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash services.
Okay. You remember? <laughs> <laughs> not, not specifically, but <laughs> okay. Um, when I will say 